Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy host broadcasting from rather chilly Austin, Texas. Julie, my love, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure, as always, and I think we're going to have fun today and also make it practical and applicable. And I'm just looking up somebody's area for a nice little shout-out, so just give me two seconds here. No worries. And guys, listen, we're picking up where we left off yesterday, and we're talking about um, really the 16 must-do steps for really any level of agent. And this could be an agent who's had their best year ever, as a lot of you guys have, a lot of our coaching clients, I love getting all the emails. Some of you guys are so sweet and giving us probably too much credit for your success in real estate. Um, we've always appreciated praise uh, when we've helped somebody, but the reality of it is we have the easy job. You guys are doing the hard work. You're doing the heavy lifting every day, not us. But, yeah, we appreciate it. So we know a lot of you have had your best years ever. A lot of you have fallen into the middle category of maybe – you know, it wasn't what you expected. You can maybe look over your shoulder and see that maybe you made some missteps along the way, spent too much time with the buyer that never bought kind of thing, maybe didn't, you know, price listings correctly out of the gate. So you're kind of where, somewhere in the middle. Maybe you've lost a little bit of motivation. And, the, and there's a lot of you who are, I would call you new agents, even though not all of you are new in the, you know, legal sense that some of you guys have had your licenses for a long time, but you really haven't done anything with them. You might be returning to the business. You might just be essentially deciding to finally take it seriously, you know, all these types of things. So, you know, all of you fall somewhere into those, each of those brackets. And this time of year, it's very, very easy and common to be lulled into some sort of sense of complacency. So we, you know, we don't do anything. We, you know, the world reinforces the, especially in our real estate industry, right? Which reinforces not really taking any real actions until next year and, office parties and you know your office might be closed some of your offices they even put on the, like uh, limited hour voicemails you're calling during holiday hours we hear that sometimes it's like are you crazy yeah. but in any event so there's the industry on a whole wants to take a breather i get it right so here's the challenge that all you guys have and this is what and this is the reason we actually had a comment yesterday that sounds like sometimes we're yelling at you over the radio actually it says specifically that i'm yelling at you over the radio and you know the truth is that i am we have to, Julie and I have to double down on this radio show. If you listen to the radio shows we've been doing for you for the past month versus, say, the ones we were doing six months ago, we have to be like 10 times more assertive. We have to be 10 times more you know, direct. We have to be 10 times more motivational now than we do six months ago simply for the fact that so many of you guys are half asleep. You know it's true. <laughs> Here's the problem well, with that. Uh, my favorite one, Tim, is when somebody asks for help and then we call and their voicemail's full and their email bounces. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, help me to help you. That's why sometimes we have to yell right. at you guys. And, you. But see, here's the challenge. A lot of you guys who have suffered from the ups and the downs in the real estate, you know, in cash flow, you don't have cash flow, you have cash spurts. And again, you think that's normal because everyone else, you know, pretty much experiences the same thing. Real estate's not something, you know, the elusive idea that it can be something that is consistent that you can, you know, make a living off of, let alone start to build some wealth from doing. That just seems like a nice fantasy for a lot of you. And I'm going to give you one of the main reasons why you've been experiencing spurts versus flow 
is because how you behave right now, this time of year, starting really, if we're being technically correct, back in October, the fourth quarter of the year is the most important quarter of the entire year because it sets you up for the following year. If you're listening to us for the first time um, and you've never heard any of our radio shows before, I checked yesterday, Julie, I didn't tell you this, we have 750 past radio shows that they can wow. listen to. They can listen to it on, oh I know, and then saying, they can listen to them on Stitcher. They can listen to them on iTunes. They can listen to them off timandjulieharris.com. There's a million different ways you guys can engage with us. And, and, we're, and according to, I think it's iTunes, we're the, uh, one of the top 20 real estate radio show. Po- I'm sorry, we're one of the top business podcasts. We're number 17 or 19, I don't remember, in the world. And the only people that have more listens than us are the ones you'd expect to have, the, you know, Seth Godin's and Bloomberg News and things of that nature. So, yeah, we're reaching a lot of folks, about 160,000 every single, um, you know, on a regular basis. Now, here's where my mind goes when I'm doing this podcast. How many of you guys are actually engaging? So I'm going to tell you something I've been telling you since October. Fourth quarter matters. Right now matters. If you're just engaging with us, listening to us for the first time, and you're just getting that message now, you've got a lot of catching up to do. So the best approach that you take to your business is treating yourself in your business as if today was the first day. When you think of every single day as being a new day and you think of every single year as being essentially the mindset you're starting afresh, yeah, it's stressful, but it's also effective because it causes you to take the actions that are necessary for you to stay ahead of the curve. So the plan that Julie's giving you that she wrote out for all of you, the 16 must-do steps, please write these things down. Please take these things seriously and apply them and don't allow you don't allow yourself, let me just use the word, to be lazy and not take action until next year. If you take action, if you wait to take action next year opposed to now, you're going to be essentially swimming against the tide. The wind's not going to be at your back as it is now. You're going to be dealing with you know, all the other agents that start coming out of the woodwork in the spring. You're going to be dealing with all the added competition. You're going to be just dealing with so much more stress, so much more competition, so much more all that. Right now, it's calm. It's quiet. You can actually get your, have your thoughts about you, and you can get a lot done. Take it seriously. Drill down. Listen to the past radio shows. Take action. Please don't wait. So, Julie, you had an email you wanted to read? I just have a quick shout-out, and this is a tough last name, so please forgive me, Lisa, if I kill your last name. You and I have spoken before. Uh, Lisa, I'm going to spell it first so you guys can all feel for me here. <laughs> E-F-T-H-Y-M-I-O-U. F-T-H-Y-M-I-O-U. Possibly, okay. Lisa, great Keller Williams agent in uh, the Fort Worth area. She writes to her coach, Bill Bird. She says, hi, Bill, wanted to share with you that I had the highest listing volume in our office for the month of November. Highest listing volume. Guess how many agents she has, Tim, in her office. And she's number one listing. 660 Keller Williams agents, and she's the number one listing agent for volume in her office. November, congratulations, Lisa. Job well done, and congratulations to your coach, Bill. He's doing a great job with you. So I just had to recognize her. Anybody with referrals to that area, she's your girl. Back to you, Tim. We need to get Lisa on the radio and interview her, right? Yes, Bill actually suggested that, and I am getting some intel for you so that we can do that. Yes. Um, also, Julie, you just actually triggered a thought. Um, coaching clients, members of Premier Coaching or Premier Coaching VIP, make sure you're using the new Coaching on Demand widget that Julie created. And what it allows you to do um, is, in essence, have your the most – I mean, I was going to call it an FAQ, but it really isn't. It's, more, it's way more involved than that. But Julie did real live coaching sessions 
for all the most common questions that you guys have. Um, we don't. We want to make it so you have access to the information that you need to use our material at the highest level the quickest. And if it's on the weekends, where you can't, you know, where our office is closed, or if it's over the holidays, I, I wanted to make it so you didn't have to wait. You can take action. You don't have to wait. Use coaching on demand. It's on the website. Very easy to use. You go to the page. You pick your, you know, your desired topic, and you just listen to it. And Julie's done. Like I said, she spent. <laughs> I don't even know how many hours now, Julie. Hours and hours, yeah, creating these mini coaching sessions for you guys just to plug into and listen. So just a heads up, that's a um, something we've added. It's no additional charge, obviously, and something else we're also adding, and this is going to be coming in probably January, is we're adding a very, very uh, expansive tech section. A lot of you guys have been wondering about CRMs and websites and paid lead generation and Facebook and Google AdWords and all these types of things. And, you know, we've been rather, I think, brief but direct with you that it's generally speaking not the highest and best use of your time. Some of you are still wanting that information, so we've aligned ourselves with somebody who's uh, going to be working as part of our coaching staff who's going to be, uh, who is in the process of absolutely positively knocking it out of the park with very specific how-to videos. That information is going to be added to Premier Coaching at no additional charge. So all of you have lots of stuff to look forward to. Uh, Premier Coaching is something, obviously, that we're constantly looking to upgrade, constantly looking to change, so you guys stay way ahead of the curve. So, Julie, let's just jump in uh, where we left off yesterday. And we're talking about 16 must-do steps um, for agents, frankly, who are serious about taking charge of their business this time of year. That's right, and it's not just for newbies. It's anybody who's had any of these thoughts. I don't know where to start, or I don't know where to start next. I don't know how to fill in the blank. Sometimes we hear that you guys say things like, technology has passed me by. I feel like I don't know what's going on. What is normal business practice for fill in the blank? How long should this take? Where does business come from? How can I make money now when I don't even know what I'm doing yet? That type of thing. So remember, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. So we're getting you into knowledge on some very specific action points here. So some of these are going to seem pretty boring and basic. That's okay. I know a lot of you guys are listening from your, quote, other job, and you've added on real estate and not sure where to start or what to do next. And for some of the others of you guys, you know, you kind of check out for a few weeks or a few months, and then you feel like you're a new agent. So our 16-point plan starts with something very basic and a great thing for you guys to be – Yes. I'm I'm sorry to jump on you. We had one remainder point from yesterday. Oh, we did. Rules of the plan, guys. Uh, But I'll just do it real quick. It's obvious. Sure. So the other rule of the plan, guys, we talked about basically choosing to have myopia, reading Think and Grow Rich, uh, you know, Napoleon Hill's great book or listening to it. The last point from yesterday, some of you guys keep track. When we say six points, we don't say six points. You guys send us emails. The last one is the obvious one. Stay connected to folks that are also sharing the same wavelength as you. Listen to our podcast every single day. If you're coaching members, make sure that you're uh, participating in the private Facebook group so you can be around like-minded folks who are also um, you know, really uh, moving in the same direction as you. So that was point number six from yesterday just to pick up where we left ah. off. Thank and you. Julie, you can go. Let's go ahead. And, yeah, no problem. Let's. You want to. You want to go right to your 16 points, or do you want to do the yep. massive action plan? Or okay, mm, 16 let's do points. It. Which 16 one? point massive action well, plan. Point, yeah, point, point, yeah. Point, point number one is probably way too basic, right? Well, here's the thing. It's it's this simple, and this is a good time of year to do it. And I'll tell you why this is on here. Because I get excuses from coaches saying this, and coaching clients saying I can't do this. 
because I screwed this up, and now the next week of my life is doing my CE credit. So number that's one, right. simple point, complete your required post-licensing or whatever you've got that's due, CE credit, before it's too late. If you haven't done it yet, schedule it. It's one less thing. This is part of your business planning. It's required to keep your license, kind of basic. If you have a choice of what to take, Take appraisal or take contracts. I know most of you guys are bored out of your mind. I was too in appraisal, but it's going to help your CMAs and your pricing. Point number two. And get it done now. That's the research yeah. on the list. So get it done now right. so you don't have to worry about it when you're supposed to be focusing on making money. Right, well, yeah, because then you oh, end up taking dumb stuff that you wouldn't have normally taken because it's the only thing offered at midnight tomorrow before your license expires. But go ahead. <laughs> now, point number two and point number one actually combine. Uh, but point number two is something that I think will probably annoy most of you guys who have been in the business for a while as being a point, but it's still an extremely valid point. It, take a MLS class at your local board. Now, sometimes you get CE credit for that. Every MLS system is more robust and has more functionality than you can learn from your broker or your manager. Most agents, what happens is when they get their real estate licenses, they sit down with some other agent in the office or their office manager, and they show them how to do the basic stuff. Some of you guys don't even know how to upload your own listings. And uh, the Julie's, yep, Julie's point of knowing how to use your MLS is really valid. I mean, we used to, one of the reasons that we took so many listings and so many of our coaching clients take so many listings is because, and you can see Julie's points one and two, are because of the fact that we would be able, we were able to do really good CMAs. Again, most agents would just use the cursory CMAs, lots of pictures, not a lot of drill down. When you're sitting across the table from the analytical seller and they want drill down, if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know how to actually use the tools that are available in your MLS to give them a really good detailed report of actual market trends and you know the three different versions, you know three different ways houses are appraised and all that, and your MLS is most of the, most of them will actually give you that information. You're not going to take that listing. They're going to geek out on that CMA. They're going to appreciate the fact that you gave them this you know geeked out CMA. So if you have a listing appointment with anybody who you suspect might be analytical, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the many past radio shows we've done on D. DISC personality styles, just go and you can find them. They're the DISC, just do a search in our search bar of timandjulieharris.com and you'll find it. Really important information for you to have. Yeah, but if you know you're, you're going to be presenting to someone who's analytical, you better go there with a really good detailed CMA so they can sit there and nerd out. And you'll see when you present that to that accountant or that you know science teacher and they start picking through all your little numbers and all that, you know, they're just like, it's like the greatest science fiction book they've ever read. You know, at that point, they're, yeah. they're going to be at total alignment with you and you're going to get the listing. So point number three, Julie. Point number three, and, you know, to your point, I, I will never forget some of those listing appointments we went on. Those sellers would whip out their own spreadsheet, and I was so yep. – relieved that I had done a detailed CMA, and I also remember other times where I wish I would have been more detailed. So knowing your MLS inside and out is a benefit to you. Point number three, and remember, we're backfilling knowledge. Knowledge equals confidence. That means you'll take more action. Ignorance equals fear. If you're fearful, you don't do anything. Point number three, take a contracts class from your board of realtors or from your brokerage. It's not worth risking your license over rookie mistakes. Also, note to self, anytime your contracts change, which has become more and more frequent lately, take the classes that are offered. Many boards are now requiring these, Tim. I was just talking to one of our uh, great friends and colleagues in Columbus, Joe Jackson. He must have been – I think his license is like 100 years old by now, I say with love, of course. He, he was just in a required contracts class because the contract changed. So take that seriously, guys. I'll do the next, yes. I'll do the next two points, Julie. Point, point yep. four and five, they're basically the same point. Now, this, the mm -hmm. points four and five are most relevant for those of you who have not 
Okay, now here's the funny thing. I was about to say those of you who have not been in the business for a while, but the reality of it is is those of you who may have been, quote-unquote, in the business but have not attended very many closings, those of you who are in California who have never really actually seen an actual closing, doesn't, don't know the mechanics of it, you should see the entire process to know how the whole thing works from the buyer and the seller side. You need, again, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear, but when you know how the closing works, really know. Some of you guys use contract closures and you have no clue. Well, I mean, that's not a very that, – you're not being a, a really a true professional if you don't really know how the whole process works. And since the Dodd-Frank thing, which thankfully it looks like most of it's going to be repealed, but since the Dodd-Frank thing, the whole closing process is even more of a nightmare, which has caused even more of you guys to hide your heads in the sand, and you become totally ignorant as to the process. So we strongly suggest, point four and five, that you attend a seller closing and a buyer closing. Now, if you're in a state that does roundtable closings, like what Ohio used to do, for the, most of the country, your guys are going to say, what the heck's a roundtable closing? It's literally where everybody shows up at the same time, the agents, the buyers, and the sellers, and they all sit around a big conference table and pass the paperwork around. Yes, it's stressful and unpleasant mostly, but there it is. And so, yeah, in those particular cases, you can just essentially watch to see how the whole process is working. Uh, but we learned so much at those closings that were they gave us an unfair advantage almost when we go to list houses because maybe sometimes there was a bit of information that had changed about some fee structure or something had changed about some sort of little you know minutia detail that we knew about because it had been gone to the closing. Well, actually, you know, Julie's staff when we ran our real estate business. Julie's team would basically do all of our closings internally. We actually had the closing, the title companies would come to us and do the closings in our office. But from that process, she really learned the pro- – she literally got to the point where she could do the closings for the title company. Um, you know, that's how detailed it was, and the sellers loved it. You know, so when you're wanting to go to the next level, you have to think out of the box. A lot of times, the difference between you getting the business and you becoming a superstar, it isn't a 1,000% difference in what you're doing. It's the tiny little 1% and 2% differences. It's going to the closing. It's watching the process. It's understanding what's being said and why it's being said and how one thing relates to the other, understanding the order of things, because that's going to give you more confidence that, you know, guys, let's be honest, a lot of you avoid having sellers or going on chasing listings with, you know, true passion because of the fact that you are fearful that the seller is going to ask a question you're not going to know the answer to. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. So point four and five doesn't matter You know, if you're a brand-new agent or if you've been in the business for a while. You want to physically attend a buyer and a seller closing. Sit there, watch, shut well, up, and, smile, be and supportive, pay attention and absorb. see what's going on, right? So I would say even especially it seems like about Colorado East is roundtable and about Colorado West is mainly split closings. It's, it is the West Coast agents that are really far removed from having any clue what actually goes on at these things. I want them to be in a position where if a seller says, well, why are my closing costs so high? What's this? I didn't know I was supposed to pay title insurance. That You don't have to be an expert at all that, but you do need to be able to not just say, well, I don't know, call the title agent. You know, That's not going to get you repeat business not knowing stuff. So that's why we're grinding down on this. All right, point number six, kind of related, attend a buyer's actual loan application. If you yourself haven't recently been through this process, a lot of changes here. Ask the lender for the checklist that buyers are given prior to the loan application. What's required to complete the process? What's the typical time frame a buyer can expect for approval, assuming they follow the list, What's underwriting mean? You guys need to know this stuff. How do ratios and credit affect a buyer's approval? How are you going to properly advise your buyers and help them through the process 
if you yourself are clueless about this pretty critical part of a real estate transaction. So actually go to a buyer loan application. Maybe your lender comes to your office with one of your buyers and you do that together. Another professional aspect to the services that you provide and will also, of course, backfill your education. Knowledge equals confidence. But Julie, hover, yes. hover, hover there, right? So, guys, you need to know what goes on in the uh, loan application process. And you need to know so, frankly, you can protect your clients, your buyers, but also so you can know whether or not the, lo- the lender is BSing you. Now, most of them don't. Oh, most of them are great. No sure. problem. Yeah, you, you got to – like, I'll tell you, when we – here's I suggest we give this to all of our clients. This is exactly what we did. If you're in a market that has a wide variety of price ranges, which is vast majority of you, you're going to want to have a lender that specializes in the government loans, the government-backed stuff, the stuff that's going to fall underneath the max loan limits. Those price ranges are, generally speaking, going to have a wider variety of loan options than guys in the more upper end, right? So you're going to have to have somebody that is deep diving into the variety of loan pro- – I mean, there might be programs for firefighters, programs for – Teachers, programs for low income, no down payment stuff is happening again. Yes, you guys should all know about it. We talked about it on the radio again, or radio, you know, months ago. So all this stuff is something that, generally speaking, if you're a lender that you deal primarily with, say, you know, wealthy folks or well-off folks, and you only deal with jumbo and super jumbo and all the rest of the type loans, you're probably not even going to have any clue how to do an ag loan. So one of the suggestions is, is you have a lender that you can refer specific price range buyers to, and don't assume that your lender is going to be able to do it all. Here's, here's a scary but true fact. A lot of times you're going to find a lender who you're going to like who you're going to send loans to, who you're going to find, sometimes they say, I just can't do it, or they're going to say, well, you know, I have to take them down this road or that road. What you're going to, what you don't know is that lender does not have that wide variety of loan products that maybe you're thinking that they do. Sometimes they can't even do the government loans. A lender who does the government loans has to have higher levels of uh, all kinds of scrutiny in order to be able to uh, offer those loans. Well, the average loan officer, even with Dodd Frank, most of them don't. Their companies don't do the government back loans. So you're going to have to really know whether your lender can do the VA loans, can do the, uh, you know, the FDA loans, and can do the, you know, the ag loans, can do the. Uh, you know, the FHA and the, all the different varieties of stuff that's out there. And you, you know, I'm not talking about people buying mobile homes here. A lot of folks will use you're, – you're, if you're dealing with a lot of first-time or move-up buyers and they don't have a lot of equity or no down payment or little down payment, they're going to need to know about all these little programs. So you need to have a lender that basically lives and breathes that stuff. Then you want to probably have a middle-of-the-road lender. And this is a lender that's going to be able to deal with a wide variety, but mostly it's going to be dealing with your move-up clients. And then you're going to want to have your snobby upper end lender. That's how we did it. So we had your meat, we had your, we had your normal blue collar type lender. We had your meat and potatoes, middle class, you know, move up type. And then we had your snobby lender. Snobby lender drove a nice car. You know, he he was a little bit of a jerk. He, you know, he loved to play golf. He just loved to name drop. You guys know the type. So that's that's maybe a suggestion how you can get all this sorted out. But it's up to you to know whether you're – you can't just throw a deal to a lender and expect them to be able to get it done for you. You have to know whether or not they're the right fit for your borrower, and that is why Julie put that point on the list. Next point, Julie. Yes, absolutely, and I just uh, actually added to your point the variety of lenders that you need to my extended notes, so thank you for reminding me of that. Okay, point number seven. 
And this is important, too. I'll, I'll give you a quick example of the impact this can have. Point number seven, tour 10 homes in each price segment, price segment of your market from lowest to highest. The more you know, the more you'll earn, so expand your geographic knowledge as you tour as well. We had discussed a couple of shows ago when we were talking about expireds, about prospecting up market even when you're uncomfortable. And we had talked about most agents start to freak out when they're in the price range over their own price range. And I've had a lot of great comments from agents who took that seriously and started prospecting two, 300,000 higher than they were, quote, comfortable in. And they found exactly what you said was true. You have less competition. Appointments are easier to set. So if you're currently not going after things in certain areas geographically because you don't know anything about them, and, and some of you guys are so microscopic, you, like, you'll look at one zip code because you live there, right? So expand your price range and your geographic area. The more you know about, the more you'll say yes and, and stop sending people to voicemail or deleting them just because they're two zip codes away and you didn't know anything about it. So do some previewing, 10 homes in each price segment, lowest to highest, and go out a little bit further into your areas. Then you'll have knowledge yeah, equals confidence. Yeah, go ahead. When Julie, it happens. If you're primarily a listing agent, it is very, very easy to lose contact with the market. You cannot learn all that you need to learn just from the MLS. You're going to have to actually get, you know, go out there and tour homes. This time of year, again, because you're not so busy as you will be in a few months, perfect time to do that. So go out there, preview houses, and as Julie said, really study. Like if you guys are like, – I told you this story before, and it's true. Julie and I start selling in central Ohio, so 43214, 43235, 43085, right? Clintonville, Worthington, right down the center. And we wanted – and the average sale price in those areas at the time was like 200 225 And across town, not too far away, same overall area, maybe half hour away, was this great area called New Albany where the average sale price was close to a million. Well, yeah, we went through the whole process that you guys did. We were intimidated by it. Oh, my gosh, those people are going to ask about our market experience. They're going to think that somehow we're just – you know, they, we had all these excuses, just like you guys do. So here's what we started to do. Exactly what you're suggesting you do. We started going out on the weekends. We started walking around the neighborhoods. We started literally walking on the walking paths. We went to the tours. We went to the new builds reps. We went to everywhere. We absorbed that market and got to know it as well as we knew our own market. And then what we started to do is we went after the expireds. And here's what we discovered. Because of the fact that we sharpened our teeth in a normal price range where the competition was fierce, some of the best agents in the country, and I don't care where you sell real estate or in Clinton, Ohio, 43214, and they still are. They're fantastic agents in that marketplace, just really incredible market knowledge you know, boots on the ground type. So, yeah, because we had to compete in that market initially and we were successful. When we went to this upper end market, and because the upper end agents had not been in that sort of competitive environment, they sold one house and earned the same amount of money that we did selling five. So, right, they had never had to compete on that level. When we went there, we started meeting with the sellers and we started meeting with the expireds and we started doing the work that was necessary for us to become successful. The sellers loved it. Yeah, they knew we hadn't been there forever. But we told them, hey, this is where we do, this is what we've done, this is who we are. They would hire us just because of our energy and enthusiasm, just because of the fact that they would say the other agents were being lazy and all these types of things you guys would hope a seller would say they'll say to you when you move to those upper-end markets. Julie said most agents cap themselves at marginally above the, area, the price range that they are comfortable with, which she was really meaning to drill down on that 
was the price range that they live. So if you live in a $200,000 house, have you noticed that generally speaking, you don't sell stuff that's much more expensive than that? That's in your head. Nobody's keeping you from going and selling the 5 or $10 million houses. 2017 must be the year where you seize the opportunity. You, I'm not telling you to – we didn't abandon our core market. We just didn't say, well, forget these areas where we had sold hundreds of houses and we're going to move out to New Albany and burn all bridges. Nope, we did it in both places. One area had a phone number that began in, um, with uh, you know, one area code and another had another, you know, so we had different signs. We just essentially – it's funny. I know Keller Williams is talking about expansion teams, right? That's in essence what we did back in the 90s. So we had – essentially we were operational in our original market, and we were operational in the New Albany market. The two – and we had different websites. We had, I mean, it wasn't a big deal to do. It was very simple, actually, and it worked. Um, and, guys, you can do the same thing. I don't care where you sell real estate. Don't be intimidated by the upper-end sellers. When you are a true, uh, you know, when they, they will sense the fact that you're somebody who's uh, a bit of a scrapper, as a lot of you guys are. They'll sense though, that you guys are, you know, frankly, really trying to improve yourselves and really getting better, and you're going to work your butt off. That same quality is probably what they have that got them to where they are. Don't think that someone who has a multi-million dollar property or tens of millions of dollar property, don't think that they somehow inherited it. If you look at the statistics on it, again, we've done radio shows on this, most folks that are millionaires in our country are self-made, like a lot of you are or are becoming. They're going to smell that on you. Game smells game, right? They're going to smell the fact on you that you're like them. They're going to love you because you're like them and they're like you. It does not matter how big of a palace it is that you walk in with your, 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 your Sharpie clothes and your PLP and your rest of it, how you know, beautiful the marble floors are, how tall the ceilings are, doesn't matter. Chances are that person pulled themselves up from the bootstraps, improved their lot in life, overcame the same things that you guys are overcoming, and that's how they've gotten where they are. And, and they resent a lot of the agents that specialize in the upper ends, the agents that basically work the country clubs, the agents that basically you know, feel entitled to the listings because maybe their spouse works at XYZ company, same place they do. They don't like that. They like you. So go after that business and don't be afraid of it. Hey, Julie, we've got to round the bend. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we round the bend oh. on today's show? We have eight more points, and you know, as I said before, you don't have to just be freshly licensed to take this seriously. Just the discussion we just had about price range and getting out of your own little zip code, that's really critical for the expansion of your knowledge, and the more you know, the more you're going to earn. The, really, the overriding point, I think, here, Tim, is being able to say yes as frequently as possible to both buyers and sellers. Yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that versus, well, it's not really my thing, and maybe I should refer you to somebody else, or worse than that, not even calling them back because it's not your cup right. of tea. Right? So this is a fairly easily curable situation as long as you guys follow these points. None of this is costly. None of this is stressful. It's all about getting your education in line so that you have that knowledge equals confidence, and confidence absolutely will give you a better income and get into cash flow and out-of-cash spurts. So maybe not 100% of these points apply to you, but the ones that do probably really, really apply. Now's the time to do it. It's also a great way to get you out of your offices and out there banging your head on out the leaves. Out of your homes. <laughs> yes. Right, out of so, your homes. Move, mm -hmm. move away from the Christmas tree decorating and the, and the turkey basting and go out go there and take some action. Please, 
move away from the eggnog, right? So please don't wait until the spring, guys. By that time, you're going to just be like everybody else, and you're going to get the same results that everybody else does. Take some action now. Go into the market. Go into the year next year with tremendous momentum. Do what other people aren't willing to do when they're not willing to do it, and you're going to experience things that they can only dream of. That's very similar to where our one of our founding principles of the company, of our coaching organization, is the key to long-term ever-increasing success is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Never more true than this time of year, I'm sure all of you will agree. Drill down. If you guys need us for anything, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Thank you for making this the number one podcast for agents. And thank you for helping this show to become so far-reaching and successful at accomplishing its mission, which is being of service to others. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>